higher points and today we've got a to the point um we are doing this remote nick is in manhattan and i actually just got back from mexico we just uh barely missed each other so um i'm not sure nick um i'll probably let you lead it off and see what you got to talk about i i'm I'm probably going to talk about Mexico a little bit and just that trip and how anxious I was to get back to get back to work. <laughs> back to civilization? Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't that bad down there. It was nice, man. Well, uh, I'm sure that there was no tequila consumed by you or your family the entire time you were there, right? Nope, not None? at all. No, because the last time I called you when I was going to go do a podcast last week that ended up not working out... Um, the, uh, um, you told me you were like, what, 12 pina coladas deep at that point? Yeah. See, it was rum, not tequila. <laughs> See, this is how bad it is. It show you how much of a drinker I am. I did not know that a pina colada was rum instead of tequila. I just figured, you know, you're down there. Pina colada, that definitely sounds very, uh, you know, very uh, Spanish or Hispanic. Yeah. So it must have had tequila. Nope, it was uh, rum. That's most of what I drink down there was pina coladas. I probably drink my own body weight in them. So, but when you're in an all-inclusive, that's what you got to do. I'm literally walking, I'm literally walking down the street right now, getting one of my 45-minute workouts in. I woke up at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. We left to head for Manhattan at 4. So now I have to get all of my 75 hard stuff in. And then get to sleep somehow tonight for a class in the morning. So it's going to be an interesting experience. Like literally just switching, excuse me, switching from night shift straight into day shift. Gotta love that. An excellent experience. So I, I know one of our um, mutual friends that just started the sheriff. He's been bouncing back and forth between nights and days like crazy through his training. Yeah, he goes, I called him and he said, I said, hey, how's it been going? He goes, dude, he goes, I'm a little busy right now. And he goes, I have so many stories already. And I'm like, well, are you on nights or days? He goes, um, kind of both. He's like, at the present moment, I'm on day shift. <laughs> <laughs> he said he splits like three times now or something. Yep. I just, I just picture, I just picture the FTOs, the field training officers there going, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. He's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> Pass him on down the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done there's nothing i can teach him I, uh, I i can't do this anymore yeah but um so so you went down you went down to mexico yep. for your brother's wedding right yep uh drew and elena they got married on uh thursday and it was originally supposed to be on the beach um but right now mexico has and actually most of the gulf there's um major algae and seaweed issues and there was probably 40 foot of this algae out into the ocean, like, and up, washed up on the beach, and it stunk, and it was, uh, I actually didn't even get in the ocean there at the resort because it was so bad. So they did it, um, at the resort, they had this cool, um, like, three-story, oh, the bottom floor was like a bar in their, um, performance area, then there was a restaurant, and on the top was like this big open balcony deal, and that's where they did the wedding, was up on top. So it was a, it was a beautiful scene for their wedding, and I'm real happy for Drew and Elena. And it was uh, it was a great time. So now you got another sister. You got an Elena Hyatt now. Yep, we do. Yep. Um, that's that's the that's the thing that's kind of weird for me as an only child is, you know, my kids don't have any aunts, uncles, anything on my side, and you know, so also because as a result, like all of the 
the family that has joined the family has the the Kreider last name. Nobody has the Sowers last name. So it'll be cool that, you know, I've got three kids, two of which, you know, if they stick to traditions, which I hope they will, um, that uh, are going to be carrying the family name on. Yep. And also we'll be able to get brothers and sisters as a result, which is not something that I get to do. So, uh, the, take that perspective and count yourself lucky there, because that's something I wish that I had. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I do count it lucky. You know, it was a, all my cousins came down and grandparents and stuff, and there was, oh, there was about fifteen of us there, all together with our side of the family and their side, and it was a, a good time and it was a nice scene. So very happy for them. Drew and Elena, they're like two peas in a pod. They're gonna, they're gonna go the distance with it, I'm sure. So. Yeah, uh, when we were over at their house that one time, when we you were helping him move that uh, that chair or whatever it is, that couch or something, you're helping him move. Um, you know, they definitely uh, you know, you could definitely feel the chemistry. You could definitely know that like they were they were going to get along. I mean, of course, if you're not fighting as a couple, I don't think you're healthy. Everybody's going to have their their qualms and their issues, but yep. you could just feel it like it seemed right. Yeah, nobody's perfect. That's the, uh, for sure. Did Lauren tell you that I messaged her? When she came back into town? Yeah, that you were working last night. Yeah, I messaged her and I said, I said, welcome back, ma'am. And she said, she's like, welcome back, sir. And gave me a laughing smiley face with like a salute. <laughs> and then I said, so I was like, you're going to need a week to uh, sleep and recover. And she goes, yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> yep, I uh, I feel that. I actually took a nap today. I did a, got caught up on a bunch of work because I just feel like I'm so far behind. It's not even funny. It was extremely stressful leaving a new business <laughs> for vacation for a week. I mean, I did quite a quite a bit of working while I was down there, running payroll and um, like invoicing that kind of stuff, and trying to get things set up for a day here and there and that kind of thing. Um, but just missing out on it for a week was—I was ready to get back. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you how that went. Um, hey, for everybody listening to the podcast uh, in Manhattan. There's a cat, a uh, missing cat named Sasha. She's spayed, no collar, yellow eyes. Um, uh, what the? Will come to her name, tongue clips, and bread. All right, cool. That's <laughs> an interesting sign to read. <laughs> Someone's dorm telephone pole as I was walking by. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, I was going to ask you about that, like kind of how that how that worked out. You know, I mean, now that you're you know, the boss, like for instance, when you were working at the, the previous company you were working for, um, you know, when you left, you just left, right? Yep. Like there wasn't anything else for you to do. So I was going to ask you kind of what the difference was there and like what, uh, I mean, cause you've always said like, Oh, I'm going to do this, you know, business and I'm going to make my own hours and all these other things. And then, you know, this comes along. Yeah. So I was you just know, curious, like, it was, it was felt. good for the most part, you know, like, uh, Derek, um, took over basically for, for what I was doing, you know. He wasn't able to do the invoicing, that kind of stuff um, on the computer, but I was able to do that. And me and Derek talked every day, and I talked to Brandon almost every day and was texting with customers and this and that. I would say I didn't work more than an hour a day, though, um, most days. There oh. were some days I would have worked maybe a little bit longer than that, like Thursday when I ran payroll probably worked a little longer because um, I had to add some new – um, employees and uh, subcontractor, that kind of stuff. So, but it it really wasn't too bad, you know. And it was a nice little escape to get out and just 
recharge the batteries and I'm itching to get back to work. We got lots of exciting stuff coming up, man. Yeah, you do you have the um you have uh Chris that's subbing some work out for you, don't you? Yeah, I, I subbed him out on a little deck job there in Lions and um there may be some other stuff coming up too. I'm going uh Tuesday on a uh bidding tour here in Hutch and a lot of it's they're not necessarily huge jobs, um but there's like siding patching, that kind of stuff and something a guy like Chris would be really good at taking the reins on, you know. Yeah, he um I gave his uh, you know, you know Edgar floors or Edgar flooring, I don't even know what they call themselves these days. Mm-hmm. Um they uh they've been in business since like mid sixties. And to give you an idea of like how good this flooring company was in their prime, a tiny little flooring company out of Sterling, Kansas did the carpet in Air Force One twice. Hmm. That's kinda cool. Well my uncle my uncle works for them. Yeah. Daryl Ediger, who who, you know, I was really hoping to get on the podcast because I wanted to talk about like, dude, how did you put floor in Air Force One? Like, how did you do that? Like, how'd you make that connection? There, you know? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he passed away. He had really bad emphysema. Um, mm. And when I was visiting him in the hospital, um, he he wanted to do the podcast, but I think he knew that he wasn't going to make it out of the hospital that time. And so, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I wish I would have brought the the mobile you know microphone that you and i got and just recorded something real quick you know but yeah you know he, he was having a respiratory infection so him talking at length probably would have actually been pretty tiring for been him rough. considering you know yep but um on that same thing is uh uh real quick one last shout out to uh to daryl rest of god rest his soul he is the closest thing to uh jesus on earth that I've seen in a man since Jesus was here. I'm not saying he was perfect, but he was a man that was damn close in my mind. And yeah. so I want to throw that out there. But Chris is looking at subbing for them, and he met with my uncle. And my uncle told him, man, he's like, man, we, need, we really need help. And he's like, I'm at the point where I could literally drown you in work, like literally. Yeah. So whatever you want, however much you want, it's all yours. And Chris was like freaking out, like, "Oh crap!" You know, because there's some some flooring options that he hasn't installed before that he's kind of you know worried about. But I'm like, "Dude, you'll figure it out. You got this." You know? Yeah, he's there's a smart guy. there's some of that with us too. Like certain projects, I'm like a little nervous to take on because we haven't actually done it, or it's been like very little experience in that aspect. But um, I mean, we're getting to the point where there's few and far in between. And Derek more than likely has worked on those projects. I just haven't heard about it at this point. You know. <laughs> He's been doing yeah. it for 20 years, so. Well, and you got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's, let's face it, I'll tell you the same thing I told Chris, and I'll tell Derek, we'll tell Derek the same thing. You guys are not stupid. I mean, y'all are going to be able to figure it out. You've got enough institutional knowledge of, you know, that at this present moment in time that you're going to be able to fit the pieces of the puzzle and whatever you can't figure out. Yeah. You either know somebody or you have the availability of the internet to, you know, basically fill in those gaps. Yep. That, that is, that is true. It's like in the end, a lot of those remodels and tricky things, they're all the same. It's just same concepts and stuff. It's just with different materials and this and that. So just got to do your due, due diligence and do your research. Goodness. That was a tongue twister for me. <laughs> 
So, uh, any other, any cool stories from Mexico? Anything that you saw that you were like, whoa, or? Oh yeah, I got all sorts of cool stories. Probably some that aren't for, aren't for the air, but, (laughs) um, I would say, uh, one of the cooler things, like we went on a couple excursions. Um, one was to some cenotes, which are like underground caves and that are filled with water. So it's basically their underground, like freshwater rivers. And we, oh, cool. we went uh, snorkeling in them and swimming around. And it was, that was, the water was like 60 degrees. So it was cold. Um, but it was super cool. You know, most of the time, like you go to Branson, a lot of us have probably been, you go to Branson and you uh, can go in those caves there at Silver Dollar City and um, go walk around in them. Well, it was basically, some of these were similar except for you were swimming through them, you know? And so there was the, right, right. the rock formations on the top and bottom and you were snorkeling. You know, swim down and go touch them. And um, my cousin Mason, he brought all of his uh, podcasting equipment um, and his GoPro and all that stuff. And he has GoPro with him when all those caves and snorkeling and got some cool, uh, um, pictures for, uh, social media while we were underwater and all that. It was, that was a really cool experience. Yeah. Why don't you, uh, why don't you like let everybody know what his Insta and his podcast is. So if they want to go look at some of the pictures and video, they can kind of see it. Yeah. It's a uh, Phelps party podcast and he's got, um, Mason Lang is his name. You can look him up on, uh, Instagram. And you can see a lot of his content there. I'm sure it's going to be a couple of weeks before he gets a lot of it released. He he also, I mean, he took the pictures and videoed at the wedding, and he had the drone there at the wedding, um, which I think that's something he's going to get into is doing um, wedding photography, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, go go check him out. I was actually on one of his podcasts early. Um, he's got a YouTube uh, channel as well, and that's where he does a lot of his content is on YouTube. So he's got a... A cool vlog from a trip he went with with my grandma to Africa um, on there. That's a real cool watch, and I'm sure he'll have a similar one up for for this trip as well. Cool. Um, any other any other cool stories there, man? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of times we just uh, sat and drank at the drank at the pool, you know, um, hung out in the. Uh, in the resort, you know, we went to an all-inclusive, so it's like, once you leave, you got to start paying for stuff. It's like, I already paid all this money to be here, and hanging out in the pool is fun. They they did games and activities every day around the pool, um, water aerobics, volleyball, um, this and that. Hey man, I bet you were in there doing the water aerobics with all the old ladies. I did. I did water aerobics a couple days. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, uh. Felicia, you know, was doing those pool workouts, and that was probably some of my favorite training with Felicia. Um, and then when I went down, I was thinking about this today, actually, in the shower. When I went down to Texas for that um, firearms class I went to, dude, that thing was like probably the single hardest training I've ever been to in my entire life as far as physicality is concerned. I was dead at mm-hmm. the end of every day. But I learned from Felicia that the worst thing you can do is just like go home and like lay in bed. Right. So I went back to the hotel each night and, uh, got in the pool and all kinds of stretches and mobility and all that other kind of stuff. And I usually woke up the next day feeling like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. They had a nice gym. I was, I went two or three times. Can't remember, but I did the water aerobics and then the, the scuba diving stuff or not scuba diving. The snorkeling was, uh, 
pretty active and we did a lot of walking doing that and so we were, we were plenty active i didn't didn't put on 20 pounds like i thought i was going to so that's good <laughs> i only put on 19.75 that's <laughs> yeah, all that's right i just look like a water balloon right now it's all good <laughs> hey man i found the i found the uh i found the cigar store there you go cigar and cigar and uh i've also got a bunch of cbd and stuff in here i'm kind of interested to see what they got compared to what you guys got yeah i like doing some reconnaissance for you i'm i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go in undercover yeah hey you're <laughs> you're missing out like i brought you something back from mexico and i wasn't able to give it to you tonight oh well that's nice of you yeah something for the podcast um, studio oh hell yeah um uh well, I look forward to getting that, but um, I uh, don't want to cut you off. Anything else you, you got there? You know me, I've got like 30 pages of notes in my head. Yeah, I, I don't know. Met some uh, some pretty Canadian girls. and um, So one thing I wanted to talk about was kind of like intentionality was where I kind of wanted to to talk today. So with everything in our life, we have to be really intentional. So for instance, when you were on vacation... You had to be super intentional about, um, I got to do payroll today, right? Mm-hmm. So you had to block out time, find time, or you saw an opening somewhere in your schedule and you were like, boom, like I'm going to get this done, right? Mm-hmm. So you were intentional and you accomplished a goal. Okay. And this, would you agree that there's a lot of power in that intentionality, but it takes it takes time usually in that intentionality, right? It's not like an overnight thing on most things, correct? Yeah, me and Mason kind of talked about this a little bit while we were on the trip, and it wasn't necessarily like on the intentionality of it, but it was like Mason's like one of those people he's got to have his um, like like his media equipment in one room and stuff, you know, like set up to where you have your office. So it's intentionally your office, so you're going in and you're getting work done, or it's intentionally like you're going to play video games for two hours, you know, setting that like and moving from the space to space based on what you need to get done. You know, like we had me and Mason had a lot of good conversations while we were down there. He's actually coming up um, to Kansas. And I think we ought, we ought to have him on the, our podcast when he comes up here next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I work three to 11 next week for what it's worth, by the way. OK, so we'll, we'll figure it you out. You can find a time in the morning. Um, so. Along with that intentionality, would I'll go back to the question? Would you agree that there's power in that intentionality when you're trying to, when you're trying to affect a change or accomplish a goal? Yes, 100. percent Would you agree with that? Okay. Would you also agree that most of the time, you're having to be intentional because it's a it's a slow grind. It's not an overnight process, and there's some, it takes time. Would you also agree with that? Yep. Okay. So. Let me try to cross the street real quick here without getting hit by a car. I'm walking around some construction stuff. Big truck, big truck. Okay, so um, I got to thinking about the intentionality with, like, our country, especially our government as it stands right now, because it's a point now where they're not even trying to hide it. You know, it used to be... Our government was like, you know, this is top secret, that's top secret. Oh, I don't know. I'd like to invoke my Fifth Amendment right to self-incrimination, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even care that anymore. So name anything going on in our country right now that's maybe a subject of contention. Just give me a, give me a subject, something that's going on. 
Oh, gun control. Okay, so if we take a look at the intentionality behind the gun control, right? We've seen that back before the NSA registry existed, which is the National Firearms Act, mm -hmm. you could literally order a machine gun, a, a Thompson machine gun, full auto, and have it delivered to your home, right? By, by the postman. Here you go. Here's your, here's your fully automatic gun. Have a good day. When was the first time, like Bill said, that we saw active killers in schools, roughly? Uh, was it Columbine? No. Would have been the clock tower shooting, and I think like Texas University or something like that, where the gentleman that was a Marine was up in the clock tower. Mm -hmm. But do you know what kind of uh, weapon he used? Wasn't it a hunting rifle? It was. It was a bolt-action hunting rifle. Not even a full auto gun. So then we move into um, we move into current day, okay? So if we as Americans have guns and we have a tyrannical government that wants to do things like Australia did and China did, come into our houses, forcibly remove us. I don't know if you saw this clip, but there was an actual clip of a person, a human being being placed into a chamber that they then rolled them away in because they were like, quote unquote, infectious because of COVID. And so there is a tyrann tyrannical governments out there. Could you imagine what the response would have been from people that are used to freedom, even though I don't think that we're free right now? I think we're living in a dystopia. I think we're living in a fully surveillance state right now. Every word I'm saying is being recorded and stored somewhere that then my name could be typed in and pulled up later and used that against me. But there is like intentionality there because if you don't have a gun, you can't stand up to the government, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody likes to say, well, the government has like nukes. They have F-22s, etc." I have a question. Um, how long were we at war with Afghanistan, roughly? 20 years. Itch. Right. And I have a question. Would you say that we, quote unquote, won that war? No. No. Okay. Same thing with uh, Vietnam. The Vietnam and the Koreas, mm -hmm. North Korea, South Korea. Um, so, you know, people like to say that there's a lot of power in the people and especially in numbers and in insurgency. So that's why they don't want you to have that. There's intentionality behind that. There's power and control being exerted. And to further illustrate my point, give me another topic. Anything that you want. Uh, abortion. Okay, so abortion can go back to a young lady that did the initial, um, the initial like studies on abortion. Um, I don't remember her name, but she was extremely racist. And she would push abortions towards people of color because she didn't think they were worthy. People of color you know, other races, religions, etc. as a result, you know, for genocide, population control. That's still happening today. Mm -hmm. Overwhelmingly, based on the statistics, whom are having uh, uh, abortions? What what population? Is it the black community? That's the African-American, yeah. Yeah. And so, so here's the deal. You're voting for politicians who are literally advocating for your genocide. And, and that there's intentionality there. Like, it's, it's said best, like, we, we are not one of them. 
You know, they're rich. We're not. We're not one of them. And they want it to stay that way. They want their power, their control. They're going to keep it and they're going to exude it. And they're going to do whatever it takes to get there. You are a thing. You're not a person. You're a pawn on a chessboard to be moved and sacrificed at will. For their oh, own give benefit. give me the next thing. Say what? Give me another Give me another topic. Give me another another thing going on in our country right now. Uh, the border. Okay. So the intentionality there is, so now we open up our borders to where we have now millions and millions and millions of people. I think they said at this point it's like 6 million, something mm-hmm. like that, that have flooded across the border. And please understand, I understand that most of these people, like some of these people, are coming from just horrendous situations. Yeah, there's a lot of bad situations south of the border. But if you're trying to intentionally take down our nation and you're trying to dilute its patriotism, take a look at Russia and China. What are they teaching our kids in school? National pride, military tactics, how to tear down weapons, how to use the weapons, okay? You're inculcating that from a very young age, and we've all seen what the power of what the power of teaching children at a young age mm-hmm. uh, has in the course of their life, especially when it comes to national pride. So, if you're teaching people in our schools to hate our country, and you're diluting it, and now you're making it weaker from the inside out, no need to attack America, no need to have a war with America. You can do the same thing by diluting its population base with people from the outside who have no care to be here other than to potentially milk off the system. Or some people are coming from all all other countries, Um, you know, China, Russia, other places. How do we know that these people aren't military aged males trying to get an insurgency again from the inside out and to maybe hurt us? It's impossible to know that until it's too late. Yeah. And, and the other thing is the intentionality is in the, the feel-good aspects, they sent 1,500 um, soldiers to the border. Do you know what those soldiers are doing? Uh, no, I do not. They're processing paperwork. Huh. They're doing office jobs to make the paperwork for these people go faster. And I'm like, how is that securing the border again? I'm so confused. Yeah. Now, here's the flip side to this equation. And and I want to be a little optimistic here because I will tell you, the people from the Hispanic community that I've talked to that are first-generation Americans, they are some of the most conservative uh, Christian, or usually Catholic, which is Christianity, down-to-earth, hardworking, and have pride in America because they know what it means to not be here they know the suck you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of people in the united states that don't understand how how good we have it even you and i probably struggle a little bit seeing how good we have it versus some other places yeah and and like i was having that conversation with uh tiffany on the way up here i rode up here with her um to this conference i'm headed to and i told her like we take it for granted like the other day i asked her um if she had some triple antibiotic equipment while I was at the jail and she's like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And handed it to me out of her bag. I think we take for granted the ease of access that we have to things like that. I mean, there are third world countries that if you get a small cut on your hand, 
You like rinse it hand. off with some water. Hopefully that doesn't have too much bacteria in it. Mm-hmm. And you could lose your hand or your life. And so I want to be optimistic and, you know, maybe the, especially of the Hispanic culture, because they're the ones that I know. They're the ones I talk to. Mm-hmm. They're some of the, like, the first gens, some of the hardest working, best people I've ever met in my life. And so I'm hoping that they will actually be the savior of our nation and not the detriment of it that our government is hoping to accomplish through this intentionality. So I don't, I could keep going on this forever. Give me one more thing to talk about, about the intentionality. Uh, man, now you got me stumped. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how about, how how about the central bank digital currency? Yeah, I was going to say that. I was was actually going to say something about, um, just like, like politicians not wanting, like term limits and this and that and how the the system is made for the politician basically but that's kind of what we're talking about so i think that i think that's one that that everybody can easily wrap their mind around and understand um you know everybody gets why the politicians don't want to give up power yeah um but like if, if we talk about the central bank digital currency as an example so every single transaction is electronic in nature so say like that thing you brought back from Mexico for me, say I owed you 20 bucks for that. I can no longer pull a $20 bill out of my back pocket and give it to you, right? Nope. I can't do that. It doesn't exist. There is no longer any cash money in any form, which we've had a fiat currency for a long time. We got away from the gold standard, I believe under Nixon. But the thing that just makes is interesting to me is there was a lady in Australia that's sounding the alarm that she was very outspoken against what Australia did to people that refused to get the COVID vaccine and and literally put them in concentration camps. Like, here you are. This is your house. You may not be outside at this time. You may not leave. You may not do this. I mean, just took away their rights. Also, what did Australia do not too terribly long ago as a result of a quote-unquote mass shooting armed killer? Mm, You know? I don't know if I saw that. They willingly turned in all of their guns. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And look what happened. Not long after. Like, we are literally the only thing. We are the thin line as Americans that are standing between that and what we hope our world to be. And all we have to do is just nut up and tell the people and the powers to be, no. Got to put and a foot so down. There's a lady... Yeah, there's a lady there sounding the alarm because here's what happened was. So not only did she not get the vaccine and all that other good stuff, she's been vehemently out, outspoken, etc. You know what she had happen as a result? She, Her uh, bank accounts were canceled. Oh. Her, her funds were frozen. She was unable to access or spend her money as a result. So that's terrifying. Fast forward again. Intentionality, central bank digital currency. Not only is every single thing transacted uh, that's transacted logged, it can now be searched. So. So, for instance, I tip a waitress at a bar. Fifteen bucks. That is now tax. You know, it's taxable income. She has to report it. There's no way around it, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So Uncle Sam gets even more money now as a result. 
that they can now spend for worthless endeavors, such as gender studies in Iran or sending money to the Ukraine that they then filter back to themselves. But that's another podcast. Um, so here's the here's the issue that I see. And the intentionality is, OK. You are a person outspoken against the government and you send money to Donald Trump. OK, as an example, mm-hmm. or DeSantis or whoever. You made that campaign contribution. That is now logged into perpetuity. And let's say they don't like that. Okay, well, you no longer have access to your money. You're canceled. Well, bye now. Now, how are you going to get through and do anything in life? Because it's not like you can go to the local guy on the corner and rake his yard to get 10 bucks to go get a burger. And if we take that another step further, electric cars. There are lines over four hours long in California to, to charge those. So, again, COVID lockdown. Uh, I have a fully computerized electric car, and I decide I'm not going to listen. They shut off my bank. They shut off my car. They shut off my power. And then they shut off my, my phone to where now I can't get my little my little QR code that I can scan in and out and go places. This is all about control, controlling you and I and literally everything we do. And we really have to be intentional and be personally excellent and be personally awesome and stand up and tell these people, like, I am not going to buy nothing but an electric car, okay? I want my freedom what this country was founded on. Um, I want my money. I want my cash in my hand that I'm going to spend how I see fit to whomever I see fit. Um, You know, maybe with some caveats, I probably wouldn't want to uh, have people sending their money to somebody like an Epstein or a terrorist organization, but you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of them things where, you know, if you're, if you're trying to catch, Bad people doing bad things. I get it, but we're like on a slippery slope, and it's going to go from that to control. It's like, um, 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 what's his name? Snowden said, even if you trust everyone in the government right now, 100%, what happens when somebody gets in there that you don't? Okay, like let's say you're a typical quote unquote liberal to illustrate my point stereotypically. You probably do not trust Donald Trump. You hate him. You don't like him. You don't trust him. You don't think that he's worthy of the office. The same way I don't like Biden and Kamala Harris. I do not trust him. I do not think they're worthy of the office. Mm-hmm. Their, their money coming to them from China and Ukraine has been documented. I mean, to the point where now his son is actually really honestly looking at federal prosecution as a result. And so if you have these people being controlled by other money from other countries, they definitely don't have my interest in, in mind. No. So, so... We have to stand up to these people that we don't trust. So what happens when you get somebody in office that you don't trust? Then what? It's too late. They've already got the power. They've already got the means. Like, we have got to be smart about this and just say no. There's maybe 6,000 of them and 8 billion of us. What are they going to do against 8 billion? Nothing. Nada. That's my spiel on intentionality. The issue is that that 8 billion, like, a lot of the countries overseas have already been gone to the system that's corrupt, you know? 
Yep. And we're literally watching it. If you if you watch something other than Fox News, MSNBC, and mainstream media, you'll see it. You'll never see it because they don't want you uprising. Like, did you know that there are like what, 30 countries or something like that on fire with people protesting because they're tired of their government shit? How many times do you see that on Fox News, MSNBC, etc.? Nada. Never. Doesn't they don't fit want the you narrative. Any bright ideas. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show you only what we want to show you. Um, last thing, um, if you get a chance, Andy Priscilla talks about it on his podcast with DJ. There was a significant increase in certain words and verbiages that were being used in publications over the last twenty or so years, mm-hmm. and you have to. Uh, the, you know, the racial division and all that stuff that we are experiencing right now. Andy says, you know, that stuff was done and over with. We'd already worked it out. We took care of it. Did racism exist? Sure. To the level it does now? No. So, um, you know, you have to uh, uh, take a look at the verbiage. Like words like transphobic, homophobic, um, racist, all that. Like there was a concerted effort against three major publications at exactly the same time to hit those buzzwords and report on those things. What does that tell you? Draws the division. Propaganda. Yeah, propaganda to control you and divide you. So, intentionality. Yep. So, that's just what's been bouncing around my brain. So, My brain's been full of rum the last week, so I haven't thought that hard about it. (laughs) I'm part of the problem now. I'm out, on, I'm out on walks. I'm out on walks like I am now. And these are the things I think about and listen to on podcasts. And, you know, Bill said it best. Podcasts are honestly really our only true mediums of distributing information these days. Yeah. So That it is. Well, I imagine you probably want to get home and go to bed. Yep, I'm, uh, I'm beat, man. I'm ready to go to bed and then get the week started. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm already like an hour into my 45-minute walk, and I still have to do another one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably better get back I'm to the hotel and go do something different. Well, I'm book. gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, read a book. That way, I can I can break the work up, workouts up because I can't do them back to back. And then I'm gonna go down to the uh, quote-unquote fitness center. I don't even know that that really classifies as a fitness center um, because it's got like four treadmills. One bench. I didn't even see any dumbbells. I'm not sure why the bench is there. Um, and uh, like one that cable machine that's like on the north side of our gym by the leg press. I don't even know what you mm-hmm. call that cable machine. Um, so I get to go try to do a workout in the quote-unquote fitness center. I'm sure I can find something to do. But I was just yeah. hotel fitness centers really suck ass. Yeah, I was I was lucky with that one I had there in Mexico. It was actually. So for the pictures, it looked like there was a squat rack, but it wasn't. It was a Smith machine. So I didn't actually get a squat real heavy or any of that, which is okay. I don't necessarily need to do that all the time. I'm not training for anything right now. So just did some hack squats and bench and move the muscles around. So Cool. Well, you want me to uh, take it away, my friend? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the higher points. Hopefully there hasn't been too much wind noise as I've been walking here. It is just a touch breezy. Uh, it was fun being able to uh, kill two birds with one stone, get a podcast done, get a workout in. 
amazing to me. Again, the things we take for granted. I'm literally recording a podcast that's going to be distributed to, you know, thousands of people. And I'm doing it all while walking down the road because of the connectivity that we have. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, give the podcast a share. It really goes a long way. Leave us a rating and review. Check us out at www.thehigherpoints.com, on Instagram at The Higher Points, and on, on Facebook at The Higher Points Podcast. We'll catch up with you guys next time.